0: Welcome to Varsity Videos, brought to you by the OHIO Podcast. Here at Varsity Videos, we review and rank sports films from the Super Bowl to the Toilet Bowl. I am your host, Chris Wilds, a self-proclaimed popcorn expert and podcaster, and I am joined today by my co-host, Eric Boggs. Eric, how are you today?
1: It's a beautiful day to be alive and to watch some movies, my man.
0: It definitely is. And I'll tell you, there's one coming out, Eric, that I am really excited to see. So I'm going to jump right into the movie news and tell you about it. Uh, I saw a trailer for this today, and I'm not always huge on golf movies. But have you seen the trailer for The Phantom of the Open?
1: Yes, I have. (laughs) Did that
0: not crack you up? It looks phenomenal. So for those of you who haven't seen it, the movie tells the true story of Maurice Flitcroft, who is a crane operator and just the eternal optimist who decides he is going to enter the 1976 British Open, having never played a round of golf in his life. And. The the clip was ju- the 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 trailer was just tremendous. Uh the the comedy in this I think and and I actually I don't know how you are I like British comedy.
1: It it, it strikes me British comedy strikes me as either being really funny or not funny or, at all. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's one it, or the
1: other. It's hit or miss. there's never like eh, it's kind of funny like you get with some American comedy films, but but with British films, like for instance, you either love it or you hate it. Like for instance, Bean. All the Bean movies. Uh, You've got um, uh, all the uh, comedy uh, group back in the 70s there in uh, England. Monty Python. Monty Python. They're hitter. You know, like you either love them or you hate them. So this this tends to be something I think I'm going to love.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh, You know, and I am just really excited to see it. It does release June 3rd. Uh, It looks like this is actually going to be a theatrical release. So unlike some of the movies we've covered here recently where it's gone straight to Netflix or it's been a Netflix movie, this looks like it may actually have a theatrical release. So, yeah.
1: I would describe I'm, this movie, Chris, as being between Happy Gilmore and uh, Caddyshack. Like there's yeah. a, there's mixtures of both to this, I think.
0: I agree 100%. Again, so excited to see this one. But you know what, Eric? We have some other business to take care of today. Yes, we do. We have got four more matchups. We had some, I thought, really good films that we looked at this week. And then, boy, we had a few that were just
1: doozies. I felt two of these matchups were were no-brainers. And two of the other ones were kind of close.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. So, Eric, why don't we jump into our first matchup?
1: All right, which one do you want to tackle first?
0: I'll tell you what. Let's go with uh, how about we talk about Victory versus Days of Thunder
1: Let's do that let's do that All right. so first off this is From the best of the rest bracket This is an 8 versus 9 matchup So that middle ground there Number 8 victory from 1981 As allied POWs prepare For a soccer game against the German National team to be played in Nazi Occupied Paris The French resistance and British Officers are making plans for the team's escape, directed by John Huston. Um, it stars, out of all people, Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone, yeah, and, and the real Pele, the the original, the real one. Um, it's it's got Max von S- uh, Sid Sadow in it as well. Mm -hmm. or Sidal, however he pronounces that. That's kind of a famous name as well. Very interesting movie. This was a first-time watch for me. I had never even heard of this until we did this tournament this year. Um, Very interesting film. That's going up against number 9 from 1990, Days of Thunder. A young, hot-shot stock car driver gets his chance to compete at the top level. It was directed by Tony Scott. It uh, stars Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Randy Quaid, Robert Duvall. Great cast. John Riley's in this as well. Um, <clears throat> uh, Michael Rooker, just an amazing cast. And a, a probably the most beloved stock car racing next to maybe Talladega Nights. So those are your matchups here. Chris, which way are you going with this one, man?
0: I'll tell you, this one might be tougher for me than you thought it would be. Because I really love Stallone and Michael Kane in uh, Victory. Um, but you know what? You're right. As the stock car movies go, Days of Thunder is right there at the top. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, Give me Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise and, let's face it, a young, hot Nicole Kidman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> was this the first time you'd ever seen Victory like me?
0: Uh, You know what? I think I had like scrolled past it in in the past. Um, But yeah, as far as actually sitting down and watching the movie. Yes.
1: Okay, me Uh, too. Surprisingly good, I thought. Yeah,
0: I thought it was very good. And again, I love Michael Caine. I love the dynamic between Caine and Stallone. I thought they really played well off of each other. Uh, Max von uh, Sydow, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, a lot of people will know him more for his bit parts and his feature film stuff, but his stuff like uh I don't I don't know if you're aware, he was uh he was Ming the Merciless in the Flash Gordon movie. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, so he he's done a lot. Uh he was in the new Star Wars movie, one of the new Star Wars movies. Uh he was uh as well And he was the voice of uh Vigo in Ghostbusters 2. You know? <laughs> so he's yeah, he's done a lot. Um and I'll tell you what. Pele, you know, he added some credibility to the film, Yeah. having an actual soccer player in there. So, yeah, I thought Victory was a good movie, but I'm going to go with Days of Thunder.
1: I am as well. Um, Days of Thunder is one of my favorite sports films. Just, um, it's, it's in my top 25. Um, for Stallone, which this is going to have a very uh, Sylvester Stallone feel to this uh, podcast today. Yes. Stallone, this was right after he had d- got done filming Rocky II, I believe. Yes. Uh, and and before he had done Rocky three and over the top and, and movies like that. So he was he was really coming into his own as an actor very early on here in the early 80s. And this was one of those films that I think if you're a Stallone fan, you need to go back and watch because he plays a very interesting kind of a a, a brass American character. Um, so very interesting. So um Days of Thunder also won the fan vote by a overwhelming twenty six to three, which the three people who voted for victory are all three of our followers on the OHIO podcast who who interact with us a lot. And so you know, interesting that they – those were the three that went with victory. Days of Thunder now will now move on to take on the number one seed, Raging Bull. And I would not be shocked if there's an upset in the second round.
0: Yeah, nor would I.
1: Nor would I. All right. So that's that. <clears throat> which, which bracket you want to go to next?
0: Um, I'll tell you what. Let's jump over to what I think was one of the easier, easier choices for me. Let's go to the sequel bracket, Eric. Oh, not not even close.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. The we'll number- keep our
0: Stallone vibe going
1: here. There you go. The number two seed, Creed Two. From 2018, under the 2 tutelage of Rocky Balboa, newly crowned heavyweight champion Adonis Creed faces off against Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago. Uh, That was the number two seed in the sequel bracket, and it was going up against the number 15th seed, The Sandlot 2 from 2005, a film about a group of young baseball enthusiasts who tests the terrifying myth of Mr. Myrtle owning a freakish large and dangerous dog in his backyard, directed by David Mickey Evans, Uh, starred Max Lloyd-Jones, James Wilson, Brett Kelly, Samantha Burton, Cole Evan Wise, uh, Sean uh, Birdie, um, (sighs) Jessica King. Not a, not a well-known cast, to be honest with you, where Creed 2, which was directed by Stephen Capel Jr., uh, has a very well-known cast, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Felicia Rashad, Tessa Thompson, Dolph Lundgren, Michael B. Jordan, Russell Hornsby, Florian Mantua, who plays Victor, the son of Ivan Drago um just a great cast and i think a phenomenal sequel movie to me it's not even close creed 2 all day long i don't even want to i don't even want to mention the same lot too so i'm not even gonna talk about it
0: yeah i'm with you I, it was so just so this was a landslide this wasn't even close uh but here, here you go eric a l- just a little foreshadowing Nearly 46 years to the day from the original Rocky film, Creed 3 will be coming out in November of this year. Oh,
1: I can't wait. I cannot wait.
0: So maybe it'll make our next sequel bracket. It
1: it Creed might.
0: for me as well though.
1: <laughs> so, um as far as the sequel brackets are concerned, the fans 27 to 4. The four people who actually voted for The Sandlot 2. Was that a mistake, people? Like did you really think it was The Sandlot? Like I It, it was a sympathy vote. It had it, to be. Uh, Sandlot 2 uh, is dead. We'll talk about that in a minute. Creed 2 will move on to play the winner of the Bad News Bears 2 and Cars 2. So it waits its winner next week. Um, All right. That means we have two left. We have the Olympic bracket and we have the family-friendly bracket. Which one do you want to
0: do? Let's do family-friendly
1: number two seed heaven can wait against number 15th seed the tooth fairy first off heaven can wait in 1978 going all the way back to the 70s i was negative three chris (laughs) i don't want to talk about it eric (laughs) A Los Angeles Rams quarterback accidentally taken away from his body by an overanxious angel before he was meant to die returns to life and the body of a recently murdered millionaire directed by the infamous Warren Betty and Buck Henry or B.D. Betty, however he wants to say that uh, Warren was the uh, lead role. In this film as well, along with the beautiful Julie Christie, James Mason is in this. One of my favorites, Jack Warden, is in this. Charles Grodin, uh, Diane Cannon, Uh, just a great cast. And I will talk about this movie in just a second. It's going up against from 2010 – Tooth Fairy, a bad deed on the, on the part of a tough minor league hockey player results in an unusual sentence. He must serve one week as a real-life Tooth Fairy. Uh, this film stars The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Ashley Judd, Stephen Merchant, Julie Andrews, Ryan Sheckler, the infamous Seth MacFarlane, uh, Decent Cast, um, Decent... I would say a decent storyline movie doesn't do it for me. Um, kind of find tooth fairy Two a little bit funnier to be honest with you than the original tooth fairy here. And as far as heaven can wait, this is another, another movie that I had not seen and it shocked me how good it is. Chris, I loved it. I'm usually not a big fan of seventies films, but, uh, this one, this one was, this one was good. And yeah. I'm actually looking forward to watching it again. I love the premise. I love the storyline. I love the dialogue. Uh, I love the comedy in it. There's some really good funny parts. Just a very, very good movie. Uh, I'm I'm casting my vote for Heaven Can Wait.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you. For me, honestly, Eric, both these movies, for me, actually, a ridiculous premise. Terrible premise for, for both movies um, I don't I don't know that obviously I can classify either of these as a sports Movie these are more movies with a sports Component uh, I don't I thought like you said uh, The Tooth Fairy is okay it's cute uh, You know if you want something to sit down And watch the kids with, with the kids it, it, is, it is a nice little Movie uh of course, you mentioned The the Rocks in it. Stephen Merchant, who I do believe is one of the funniest people on the planet. I absolutely love him. Uh, but I'm with you. Uh, Heaven Can't Wait is a much better movie. Uh, Warren Beatty, Charles Grodin, who I actually l- love, Charles Grodin. I think he's a great actor. Uh, Diane Cannon, Julie Christie, uh, Jack Warden, who, you know, never has that big part, but Just when he is on film is dynamic. Um, I'm going to go with Heaven Can't Wait as well. All right.
1: It's a clean sweep as well. Heaven Can Wait also received 15 votes to Tooth Fairy's three. So Heaven Can Wait will move on to take on Secretariat um, in the second round. That should be a very good matchup. All right. We got one left. Then that means we're going to do the Olympic bracket last. And boy, oh, boy.
0: Boy, this was a great bracket.
1: This, this, this matchup was awesome. This was a tough one, dude. So these are these are two really good films. Number five seed, Foxcatcher from 2014. U.S. Olympic wrestling, wrestling champions and brothers Mark Schultz and Dave Schultz joined Team Foxcatcher, led by eccentric multimillionaire John DuPont, as they trained for the 1988 Olympic Games in Seoul, South Korea, but John's self destructive behavior threatens to consume them all, directed by Bennett Miller. It stars Steve Carroll as John DuPont. And let me take a little time out right here and say yeah. Steve Carroll destroyed <clears throat> he, he, he not destroyed, he, can he killed it. He he did awesome.
0: He this act. was it's not it, a comedy, you know? <laughs>
1: no. It's really not. Um, of course, the the gorgeous Channing Tatum, as my wife would say, is in this. Mark Ruffalo, a great <coughs> job by Mark Ruffalo. Um, I thought he did a great David Schultz, and if you knew who David Schultz was in a, a Olympic wrestling back in the '80s, he also destroyed this role. A just great job. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave is in this. Uh, a cast of other names as well, but those are the those are the big four. Uh, that I would uh, say kind of drove the truck for this film. It's going up against race from 2016. Jesse Owens quest to become the greatest track and field athlete in history thrusts him into the world stage of the 1936 Olympics, where he faces off against Adolf Hitler's vision of Aryan supremacy directed by Stephen Hopkins it stars Stephen James as the Jesse Owens. Jason Sude- uh Help me out here, Chris. Sedakis. Sude- Thank you. I always struggle with his name. As Larry Snyder. And again, he did a great job there. Uh, Eli Gorey is David uh, Albatrin. Shanice Baton as Ruth Solomon. Uh, William Hurt is in this. Uh, Jeremy Irons. Oh, gosh, Jeremy Irons. Does he ever He's do a so bad good. job? so um, good yeah avery uh brundage is as the character he plays just a good very historically good movie an interesting take i you know jesse owens being buckeye fans like us jesse owens is just he's on the mount rushmore of ohio state man yeah. maybe maybe even on the mount rushmore of the greatest athletes of all time in in u.s history so great movies very hard to choose a winner here chris um i think at this moment i think i'm gonna go with Foxcatcher, and the reason why is i just feel like steve carroll had an emmy award winning performance in this film um but you can't go either you couldn't go wrong with either way here what where'd you go with this
0: yeah one? i i agree with you steve Carroll, just such a tremendous performance and You know, I love when we have true stories face off against each other, too, or based on true stories. Uh, You know, just two very, I thought, impactful films. I'm with you, though. I think Foxcatcher might have been just a little bit better uh, based on the strength of Steve Carell's performance. And again, if you have never seen Steve Carell in a more serious role, this is the one to watch. Yeah. because I'll tell you he was tremendous um, so many people just associate him with the office but he he is just so right. much more versatile as an actor I thought this showed it
1: yeah or In 40 Fox Catchers, 40 so. year old virgin you know yeah. movies like that but no um, if it, it, I tell you if you don't if you don't believe me go to Netflix and watch the documentary team Fox catcher and and which has got a lot of clips of the real DuPont and then then go back and watch Foxcatcher, and you'll see what we're talking about. It'll blow you away. Um, so, Chris, we both went with uh, Foxcatcher, which means we went against the popular vote. By a close margin of only 10 to 6, only 16 people decided to vote on this one, which means I wonder if these were films that people hadn't seen because they're newer or people just didn't know – Which way to go here? But race beat Foxcatcher in the popular vote ten to six, and so we are two thirds of the vote. And so because we chose Foxcatcher, Foxcatcher is going to get that win over Race, which means Foxcatcher will go up against Cool Runnings in the second round.
0: Woo! Boy, those are two completely opposite movies.
1: (laughs) You ain't a kidding, man. All right, so that means we've got four movies, Chris, that we need to add to our uh, Varsity Videos flick chart. Let's start with Victory <clears throat> from 1981, and here we go. All right. Up first from 2011, Warrior. Mm. Oh, that's
0: good. Warrior's an awful good movie.
1: Hmm, I think
0: I'm i would going to Warrior slightly. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you here. That's, I'm going to go Warrior as well. All right, from
1: 1994, Major League Two against Victory.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a huge Major League guy, but... I'm just not... If this was against the original, I don't think that victory has a chance but i'm gonna take victory against this sequel i'm with
1: you i actually agree with your sentiment there if this was major league it's the other way around all right here we go victory against from 2003 swimming upstream mm. some two kind of serious movies here i actually think i'm going to take victory slightly here over I, swimming I am upstream. as well i am as well all right, this one is uh, uh, time sensitive, from 2014 draft day.
0: <laughs> huh? I got, I am I got a draft day here, Eric. Me too.
1: Yeah, I, I like, I like draft day quite a bit. All right, from 2019, the Turkey Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry, Turkey Bowl. Turkey for me, Bowl. Man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so
1: good. Our, <laughs> right. oh man, here you go. From 2009, Invictus. These are kind of similar
0: films. Yeah. You know what? When there's powerhouse, just powerhouse acting in both. Uh, I'm going to take Invictus here, I think. Okay, I think I'm going to go
1: victory, go the other way. Okay. You want, you want heads or tails this week?
0: Right, let me have heads this week.
1: Oh, it fell off. Let me grab it and try to get in here. Oh, heads it is. Invictus with the win. All right, from t- 1995, the big green. This is victory for well, The big for green
0: me. is so cute, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go victory here.
1: All right, so it goes back and forth and winds up number 63 out of 102 movies. So just about almost little little. A little bit less than halfway there, but a nice little landing spot for victory. All right, next up, uh, I think you went with The Sandlot 2, if I'm not mistaken. And I I can't even believe I'm actually putting this on here. All right, here we go. This is <laughs> such a terrible movie. I don't even want to talk about it.
0: Should we just start it off against Caddyshack 2 and go somewhere there? <laughs>
1: From 1977, Slap Shot. Give me Slap oh,
0: Shot. Oh, Slap Shot, all day long. All right,
1: 1994, Major League Two.
0: Major League
1: Two. Is there even a question? No. Oh no, I almost always vote against this next film, but I'm not today. From 2004, Mr. Three Thousand.
0: I'll Mr. take Bernie
1: Mac. Yeah. yeah, I'll take Bernie Mac. Yeah. All right. Uh, from 2006, Peaceful Warrior.
0: <laughs> Give me Peaceful Warrior. It's two is just not good eric it's
1: just it's not, not. it's not I'm agreeing with you oh from nineteen eighty two personal best
0: and we're starting to get closer I guess. yeah i uh, think
1: we I think we are I, you know what i might take uh, i'm gonna I take personal take,
0: best yeah me too
1: i even though I hate the movie it's <laughs> <All right. laughs> these are the worst of the worst man from nineteen ninety seven airbud Are you are you gonna go with Air Bud? You gonna take a dog? I am.
0: I, <laughs> yeah, I am. I don't. I can't. I just can't go with Sandlot Two here. Oh my gosh, Chris, we that haven't. Check too?
1: No, it's done. We have done. Oh. Sandlot Two is now officially the worst sports movie ever made.
0: And I don't know that it has much of a chance of improving its status. <laughs> They'll have to be a real stinker come out to, to improve that, I think.
1: Wow. Okay. Next up is uh, Tooth Fairy. Type old Dwayne The Rock Johnson's one of his earlier films, Tooth Fairy. All right. Here we go. Uh, from 1977, Slapshot. Oh, Slapshot. Easily. From 1994, Major League Two.
0: Yeah, Major League Two.
1: I agree. From 2004, Mr.
0: 3000. Oh. Uh, I think I'm going to go Tooth Fairy here, Eric. That's, I think
1: I'm going to agree. Not a big Bernie Mac fan. From 2005, Ice Princess. So we got the Tooth Fairy, a hockey player against Ice Princess. You know, I know I'm going to probably get some some backlash from the dudes. No, because I'm going to do to the us. same
0: thing, I think.
1: Are we going to go Ice Princess? Because I am.
0: I'm thinking I am.
1: All right. 1998 Without Limits. Give me Without Limits.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one.
1: From 1994,
0: Above the Rim. I, above the
1: Rim. Yes.
0: Much better movie.
1: From 2021, Space Jam, A New Legacy. Oh. Yeah. Right? The, here's where I'm like, eee. I think, I think I made a tooth fairy here. I am as well. Not a big... Big uh, Space Jam guy. All right. There we go. So Tooth Fairy sitting at number 90. Number 90. Which brings us to our last one we need to add here, which is Race. Oh. Here we go. This ought to be interesting. I think Race was trying to find it because there's quite a few options for Race. and I don't see the picture on here. 2016, is that the one? Let's see here. That's the one. Yep. There we go. There it is. So we're going to add it to the flick chart. Oh, oh my goodness. First matchup from 2004, Miracle. Oh. Give me the, I got to go Miracle. Miracle. Yeah, I agree. From 2005, the greatest game ever played. Another tough one.
0: I think I'm going to go with the greatest game.
1: I am as well, yeah. And it's close. All right. From 2004, Mr. 3000. Give me race.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: From 1997, The Sixth Man. Again, give me race. Yep. From 2019, Fighting With My Family.
0: You know, I love Fighting With My Family. I think it's a great little comedy, but give me race. I'm with you.
1: From 2022, one of the newer sports movies, Home Team. I am going to go race.
0: Just, I'm going to go race as well.
1: Here's one for you from 1994, Little Giants. Oh, Eric, you're breaking my heart here. I know. You love Little Giants. I man. love
0: Little Giants, but I got to uh,
1: go race. Oh, really? I'm going to go Little Giants. All right. Heads race, tails, Little Giants. And heads race wins. Two for two today. That never so, happens. I know. <laughs> so, you know. You better go get a, a lottery ticket. A lottery man. ticket tonight, yeah. Uh, race ends up number 80 on our flick chart. So there you have it, man. Those are the four new movies we added this week that fell off of the 64 Sports Movie Challenge, Chris. And now it's time to talk about what we're going to watch today. Uh, I am
0: so excited about today, Eric, just because we're doing one of my favorite movies of all time. Not just, I think, one of the greatest sports movies of all time, but what I think is one of the greatest movies of all time. So, we're going to talk today about Rocky. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? But (laughs) Rocky is the story of a down-on-his-luck small-time boxer from working-class Philadelphia. Following an injury to a big-name boxer, Rocky is chosen by the champ to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world. While training with his uh, former contender, Mickey Goldmill, who... We'll get into a discussion another time about your greatest coaches of all time list. But this guy should be right at the top, by the way. Mm-hmm. But Rocky also tentatively starts a relationship with Adrian, who is the shy sister of his friend Paulie. Just, I think, a tremendous, tremendous movie. Uh, Rocky was nominated for 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Film Editing, Best Actor in a Lead Role, Best Actress in a Lead Role. Two nominations for Best Supporting Actor for both Burgess Meredith and Burt Young, Best <minerals> Screenplay, Best Sound, and Best Original Song, which the song is without a doubt iconic. So originally released on November twenty first of nineteen seventy-six. Rocky had a budget of only $960,000. That's equivalent to about $4.5 on today's market. The box office from the film was $225 million, which, by the way, Eric, would be equivalent to just over $1.06 billion dollars today. Wow. It was written by Sylvester Stallone, who... Wrote the screenplay for Rocky, Eric, in only three and a half days. He did it after watching a 1975 championship fight featuring Muhammad Ali, which took place in Richfield, Ohio, by the way. Wow. Uh, Yeah, a little Ohio tie-in there. Had to get that in there for the show. Directed by John Avildsen. Produced by Erwin Winkler and Robert Chartoff. The film was distributed by United Artists, and the music was done by Bill Conti, who just absolutely nailed this soundtrack. Main actors were Sylvester Stallone as Rocky, Talia Shire as Adrian, Burt Young as Pauly, Burgess Meredith as Mickey, and Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. Current flick chart stats. So... Rocky is one of the few movies, I think, sports movies you're actually going to find ranked within the top 100 globally. It is ranked 98th on Flickchart globally and wins about 57% of its matchups. It has been ranked by 81,000 plus Flickchart users. And it's been ranked an amazing 732,388 times. 12,963 users have this film ranked in their top 20. 777, Eric, have it ranked as the number one film of all time. Anything about those rankings jump out at you?
1: Well, you know, uh, not really. I, I, I I think that this movie transcends sports in a way that connects with anybody. And and we're gonna get into that yeah. in a minute. And so we know that Flickchart users maybe uh, are a little bit more on the art side of film as opposed to the athletic side of film, like you and I are, in or the action. And so this film, I I think speaks to all kinds of people, including them.
0: Yeah, I mean you've got a great sports story. I mean probably the greatest underdog story of all time no offense to kurt warren or kurt warner rather uh you the thing that got me is it only wins about 57 percent of its matchups i thought that was a little low well you know what like you said uh not everybody's the sports fans we are but
1: But you also have to take into account too that um, as that film climbs in the rankings, when people are ranking it, it's going to go up against some of the greatest films of all time as well, Absolutely. which is why it's actually kind of impressive that it's at 57, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think if you go look at fl- uh, fl- uh, Flickchart's top ten, even, even the films that are in the top ten only ha- are in like the 60s uh, yeah. winning percentage. So
0: – all right, so we have a great – Underdog story. We got a great sports story. We've got a great love story. Just a tremendous film overall. So, Eric, why don't you tell us about the best film of 1976 Rocky?
1: I'd love to. Let's get into it. So, the film opens in a church gym of some kind where some bad boxing is taking place between a man named Spider Rico and Rocky. Back in the locker room, they get paid, which isn't much, and Rocky's already looking for his next fight. As you can tell, he's barely keeping his head above water financially. He has a small apartment on the rough side of town in Philadelphia, which is located by – I would call it under the tracks or on the the bad side of the tracks, um, which I feel like the – The above ground subway system in Philadelphia plays a significant role in this film and kind of showing you where he's at. He's he's below the train system. (laughs) okay. so I think that that was kind of a nice little play to show the financial stance in which Rocky finds himself. Rocky routinely visits a local pet shop where he talks to a young female named Adrian um, this young lady works at the pet shop, and she seems to be uh, – I would say it would be fair to say she's kind of shy. Right, Chris? Um, Maybe just bit, a little. A little bit shy. We then see Rocky acting like the muscle for a, a, a bookie named Gazo as he collects uh, from guys who are late on their uh, losses. So obviously Gazzo is kind of like a um, – I guess you could say he would be kind of like a ruffian or a – uh, a mob member maybe a little bit rocky delivers payments to the bookie who asks him why he didn't break the thumbs from the man he collected them so gazo kind of sees sees all and knows all there in the rough part of town of philadelphia and rocky's kind of tied to him as kind of being his muscle Uh, Rocky returns to uh, Mickey's uh, Mighty Mix gym. So this is the first time we see that Rocky has this uh, other side of him uh, outside of just boxing. But he trains at this gym and we actually get to meet Mickey in this interaction. And Mickey, who is an old time boxer who is running this gym and is training these young men in Philadelphia, kind of doesn't have the same love or admiration for rocky as he does some of the other younger guys of course we learned that rocky's 30 years old in this film and already kind of passed his prime with over 60 fights under his belt uh, we find out mickey's given his his locker to someone else and and uh he thinks that rocky should retire And what is a heated exchange um and he basically says that he doesn't believe rocky has a future Rocky stops by the Lucky Seven bar, where we then meet Polly, who you brought up, Chris, uh, who is one of my favorite uh, supporting characters in all of sports films. You want to talk about someone who's who's dynamic, who's got a lot of layers to peel back on an onion? That would be the character of Polly, you know. Yeah. Definitely, we also find out that Polly is the older brother of Adrian, so there's the connection there he invites Rocky over to his house because they are trying to get uh get he and Adrian together and we find out later on that Polly just wants Adrian out of his home, but does he really you know it's kind of one of those things um we then get introduced to Apollo Creed, who I'm interested to f- get your opinion here chris so i'm gonna I'm gonna pause the Uh, story here, and I want your take. Do you think, based off of what you told me earlier, and I was thinking of this earlier, too, that Apollo Creed is basically Rocky's version of Muhammad Ali?
0: Oh, absolutely. I I don't think there's a doubt. I mean, just little, even little things that he says, even though he doesn't say them necessarily in the manner that Ali does, but you know, I, I feel that he is a character who is, you know, obviously you see Um, they, they give him a little sense of social activism. They give him a little bit of, of obviously he's got that flair, that
1: yes, uh, yep. that,
0: that bravado that that uh, Ali had that confidence. Uh, yeah. Even yeah, how he moves I, in the ring. man. Yes. The way that he moves. In the, and by the way, that's something that I'm sure we'll bring up. But the boxing in this film is tremendous. And these guys trained to do the boxing for the film, mm-hmm. which says so much about their athletic ability as well as their, you know, their actual acting chops. But yeah, I think Apollo definitely was, was inspired by Muhammad Ali without doubt.
1: All right. <clears throat> so there you go. Um, we find out that none of the contenders actually want to fight Apollo Creed. who is was undefeated, never been knocked, uh, ne- knocked down. Never been knocked uh, out, obviously. Um, And so they have to come up with an idea. And so the promoter says, you know what? Let's find a local Philadelphia fighter on the nation's birthday. And he chooses Rocky because he is known as the Italian Stallion. The Creed loves the the nickname – and he goes, what's more American than an Italian? And so he thinks that this guy, knowing nothing about him, will make a nice match. Of course, his trainer says, I don't know about this. He's a he's a southpaw, which means he's a left-hander, and um, that's can get I can get kind of hairy for you. But uh, Paul Creed's like he's overconfident. And he's the world champion, so no no big deals. We then follow uh, Rocky, uh, who then um, is with Polly and at Polly's house for Thanksgiving. Uh he promises Rocky that Adrian knows he's coming over, which is obviously a lie uh when Polly comes in, he and Adrian fight he, Polly has the scene where he takes the turkey out of the oven, takes a wing off of it, and throws the rest of it in the yard i i the the connoisseur in me I love man, this guy the connoisseur guy <laughs> the connoisseur in me is so upset at that moment. I wanted to go like pick this turkey up <laughs> after he does that. Uh, of course, this reveals that Polly's really just trying to get uh, uh, Adrian to move out. Rocky politely asks Adrian out, and she is so turned off by Polly's actions that she silently agrees to go out with Rocky. They go to this ice skating rink for what can only be uh, can only be described as one of the most awkward first dates in the history of dating where he rents. Ten minutes for her to skate around the ice rink while he runs around with his shoes on because obviously he doesn't have to skate while the Samboni driver counts down the ten minutes. <laughs> That's when uh, Rocky gets to explain to Adrian that he's a, a Southpaw boxer and he then shows her some pictures of him fighting that he's carrying around and uh and he explains to her that he's had 64 fights 64 fights and the one of the things he's most proud of is he's never had his nose broken he says 64 fights and i've never had my nose broken i'm very proud of that and that was a terrible rocky impersonation rocky's able to persuade adrian to come into his apartment uh again the awkwardness here is just overbearable but he eventually gets her to kiss him uh, This would probably in film today, Chris, be shunned against his actions here. But uh, yeah, but you know what I find I, I'm able to look past the aggressiveness of Rocky here toward her and see the just the the desire of a man who's never who's who's 30 years old, who's never had a significant girlfriend, who's attracted to this young lady, who's roughly the same age as him and him and kind of in a desperation, try to build a relationship with somebody. Yeah. And, and I can see, I can see this, the social awkwardness that that might present itself. And I can see past that. That's basically the first part of the film, Chris, the opening acts. We get to meet all the characters of the movie and kind of get to know more about Rocky. What'd you think of the first third of the movie?
0: I love the build-up. I love the character development. I thought they did a great job of. And you used the word earlier when you were describing Polly of layers, and you see that there's a lot of layers to to the character of Rocky, of Polly. Um, you you even learn as as the movie goes on the different layers to to the Mickey character. These are these are complex characters. They really are for for especially thinking about the fact that if you think about the fact that this is a sports movie. I think that the character uh the characters are very complex. Like you said, um the the given the difference in the times, the eras, um you see a different portrayal of I think the male characters um as, as maybe a little more as you said aggressive, more macho. Um but I love it. Uh I really like the, the Lone Shark. I think he is a great character. And one character that I we see a little bit of it in this movie, but as the sequels play out, we see more of them. That I really love is is Duke, uh, Apollo's trainer. Yeah. I, I really love Tony Burton. I think he's a great actor. Um, but but for me, the way they developed the relationship between Rocky and Mickey, Rocky and Polly, Rocky and, and Adrian. Uh, St- Stallone just hit it out of the ballpark here. I think this was obviously a great job of writing, but a great job of acting on the part of everyone as well.
1: Yeah. You know, you mentioned Gazzo and played by Joe Spinell. Yes. And we've talked about how it would really it'd be at times there are there are side characters in movies that really should have their own movie. Oh, yeah. That's one of them. Yes. Yeah, that, I agree. That would be really interesting because he kind of controls the docks, as we learn, of Philadelphia,
0: the yeah. shipping docks. He's the he's the neighborhood loan shark but you know you also see that the guy has a heart too at times. Yeah. You know when it when when Rocky's getting ready to take Adrian out on their first official date, you know, he he slides in, you know, 50 bucks, money. yeah. Yeah. When when Rocky needs to train, he slides in 500 bucks, which at that time, you know, a lot of money in the 70s.
1: Mhm. And you know, it's interesting, you know, you bring that up that he does have some heart. I think it's in Rocky 2 where he he tells Sylvester Stallone that, you know, we're Italians, you know, we got to stick together, you know, so it might be a Rocky one. I can't remember. I've watched them both this week. Um, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but all right, here we go. Second part of this film, Rocky returns to Mickey's gym where there's a message for Rocky to go see Jurgen, another great character, by the way, uh, by played by third, uh, David, which is basically the, uh, um, I guess you would say the promoter for Apollo Creed. Um, Anyways, Rocky and Mickey have an argument where Rocky demands Mickey tell him why he is always hard on him. And Mickey says it was because he had all the talent to become a great fighter, but he was too busy being a leg breaker for a shark. Rocky shows up at Jurgen's office to learn that he has been given the chance of a lifetime to fight the world <laughs> heavyweight champion. Rocky's sitting with Adrian over at Polly's house as they watch his press conference on Polly's old black and white TV. Polly wants to train Rocky, but Rocky says he's going to, going to train himself. And then uh, that's when you mentioned it. Gazo slips him $500 for training, or Gazo, Mick shows up at Rock's apartment asking to be his manager. Rocky tells him he needed his help 10 years ago, but you didn't care. I'm 76 years old, Mickey tells Rocky. And uh, Rocky just goes off after Mickey. And then, And then as Mickey's walking out, while he's in the stairway we hear Rocky yelling but then Rocky comes down heads outside to catch up with Mick and asks for his help so something happened in this scene that I think is why Rocky the writing of Sylvester Stallone let me say that is so good in this film and and here's the question I have for you I have two questions but the fact that Rocky goes out and you never hear what he says to Mickey. If he yeah. apologizes or if he's he's saying to him, look, I need a trainer. I need your help. I accept your help or whatever. You, all you hear is all the things about Rocky's frustration back to Mickey in the argument. And then when he runs out and does whatever he does to get Mickey to agree to train him, it's silent. You don't hear any of it. I think that's phenomenal writing. Yeah. You mentioned how well-developed these characters are. Do you think it was – the Because Rocky just was or Sylvester Stallone just in his mind was able to create these characters so well. Or is it because of the casting they did that the actors and actresses that were in these roles were so good that they almost created these backstories for the character they were playing?
0: I think you had to have a combination of both, Eric. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got the right actors in the the roles, no doubt about that. But I think the writing in this film was obviously tremendous because you don't hear a whole lot about, and it wasn't a huge thing back in that day as far as actors improving lines, uh, you know, just coming up on the whim with something of their own, uh, of their own, especially if it was outside of the world of comedy. Um, so obviously they had a great, great script and screenplay to, to run with. So, did the actors help? I'm sure they did, but I think a lot of that, a lot of it has to be accredited to the writing of Sylvester Stallone. We entered the next scene of the
1: film, and this is when the the pace of the movie really starts to pick up. It's 4 a.m., 28 degrees outside. Rocky gets up and he drinks raw eggs <laughs> before going on a run around the city of Philadelphia. Um, and <sighs> This is what I I got from this. He's a man of the city. He's made by Philly. He's a son of the people who was born here, lives here, works here in the nitty-gritty part of Philadelphia. He represents them, the people. And so his first morning run ends with him trying to get up the Capitol steps while barely being able to breathe. He's holding his side, and he continues training at the butcher market. Where he's boxing and punching frozen beef, and I love this line by Polly, Bert Young. Gosh, Bert Young, what a great actor! You do that to Apollo Creed, they will put us in jail for murder. <laughs> I love that yes. line. Love that line. Um, training continues as Mickey at Mickey's by training a tying a string around his feet to learn how to move, and th- again, this is where we get the famous line from Mickey that I've. It's in multiple movies. Women weak in legs rock. <laughs> so, yeah. love that line. Adrian is waiting for Rocky at his apartment when he gets done with training. She brings him a present. Gosh, what a what a great present, right? Buckus, the dog. Okay.
0: But, but can, can I interject a second here, Eric? How is a film based in Philadelphia going to use the name Buckus? That's Chicago, man.
1: Well, I'll tell you why. It, it, it instantly told you at that time buckus was probably oh, one of the greatest linebackers the greatest, in nfl yeah. history you know toughness yeah so there you have it i think it, i think it was definitely chosen on purpose um anyway so so he has this little kind of like this little kid like behavior around animals rocky does he's got the pet turtles when he would stop by the pet shop he was always pet and love on buckus you know while he was there um he's always playing with the animals like the birds when he goes in you know hey look it's a worm it's his finger you know a giant worm um it just shows the kid like nature of of rocky that yeah he's this big tough guy but in, in, inside he's 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 just kind of a, a young adolescent boy, maybe because he doesn't have a lot of formal education, something of that nature. Maybe it's just the, the neighborhood he's grown up in. But inside, he's he's not he's not a thirty year old man. I love that part again. The layers of these characters, like you said, Chris. Um. Anyway, so Buckus starts running with Rocky in the morning, which I thought was cool. And then Polly invites a television crew to record him training at the butcher's shop, a.k.a. the meat house, to interview him and see him punching the meat. That's when uh, Apollo Creed's manager, Duke, like you said, sees this on the television. He says, Creed, you're going to want to come watch this. Instantly, he sees the determination and the physical strength that Rocky possesses. And as the trainer, he's like, "Uh uh-oh. This this guy's for real. This is this might not be a show here. Did we did we maybe do the wrong thing here? You can kind of see the worry in his eyes. Uh, the training. Uh, so then we ha- also have uh, this is where Polly's alcoholism is really shown, and that's the Christmas scene. So it's Christmas time. They're getting ready for the fight. It's going to be in a few weeks but Polly comes home at christmas time and he his alcoholism has just got the best of him and he he abuses Adrian and Rocky of course comes to her aid and cuz he's there watching television with her and he goes into her room she's crying and she's upset because of what Polly has done and he asks her if if she would like to basically move in with him and she says yes um, so that was kind of an interesting dynamic twist there to the movie I thought it was very very well done. Um, we then continue on with the training, and we get back to Rocky's in-the-ring training, and this is probably, I think, maybe the most famous line of the movie other than Rocky yelling Adrian at the end of the movie, right? When Mickey says, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> yes i love that i <laughs> that might be one of my favorite scenes in all of film i love that anyways paulie shows up to ask if he can use his name to make money through advertising and rocky says go for it which you'll find out later in the film is when he gets a um the uh uh lucky what was it the lucky's meat market or something like that lucky's Meat yeah On the back of his on the on the back of his robe that is like you know barely stitched together, but and the announcers even make a uh, note of that at the beginning of the fight. Anyways, uh, we then oh yeah, I I, I love when Mickey asks like, "What'd you get for it?" Are you a
0: boxer or a billboard?
1: Yeah, yeah. He goes, (laughs) "What did you get for it?" He goes, "Well." Paulie got 3 3000 and I got a robe. <laughs> yeah. And then Paulie asks him, "How do you like the robe? It's a little loose. It's not very tight." Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. We then have the famous training montage with Rocky running through the streets of Philly. He's obviously doing better. He's in better shape. He's running faster. He's on the speed bag. He's killing that. He's doing one-handed push-ups. He's taking body blows. He's doing sit-ups. He's punching meat. And it finishes with Rocky running up the stairs and then celebrating like he has already won on the steps of the Capitol building. His confidence is through the roof, and there's actual belief that he can compete with the champ. All right. Is this the greatest training montage, montage in the history of film, Chris?
0: If not, it would only be beat by the one in Rocky Two. I very, truly believe. I, I truly. Very
1: believe, well done.
0: <laughs> I, truly I almost tricked that. you. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, this movie, not not that montage, it, it it really set a framework in place. Any great sports movie has that montage at this right.
1: point. Yep, it was it, film history. It, it
0: set the standard. It really did. Yep. Uh, tremendous. Yeah. To to the point
1: that there's an actual statue at the capitol building in philadelphia of this scene yes so yeah and people literally will visit when so when people go on vacation they visit philadelphia you know they'll go see the liberty bell and they'll go you know to the historical sites and stuff and that's one of the places they go for that statue yeah yeah anyways rocky leaves his apartment in the middle of the night and visits an empty coliseum where he climbs into the ring where he visits Jurgen the promoter he tells him the poster of him is wrong. <laughs> and Jurgen tells him that it doesn't really matter because it's all about being a great show. And he's, he's you know, what's wrong? He's, well, my, my tights aren't red. They're, you know, they're white, you know. Again, the childlike, you know, yeah. understanding that Rocky has. And Jurgen's like, hey, it's not about that. It's about a show, man. And of course, that's all setting up how Creed and his team is looking at this compared to Rocky. The Iraqi doesn't want people to see him as a show. I think that that whole scene right there is about this man trying to come to grips with his adolescent understanding that he doesn't just want to be a show. He wants people to see him as a man and that he's a a real human being with thoughts and feelings and – I love that. The whole how that Sylvester well, Stallone in yeah. his writing takes this little conversation with the promoter and turns it on its head to peel back another layer of this character. It's so well done, Chris. And
0: and he doesn't even care about winning. He just wants to go twelve rounds or fifteen rounds at the champ. Yep. So people think he's not a bum. That that's yep. his whole thing. He just doesn't want to be seen as a bum. You know? Yep. So, yeah, that
1: that was great. Rocky goes back home, climbs in bed, and and he says to Adrian when she wakes up, I can't beat him. But then he says, you know, it doesn't matter because I was a nobody before. And all I want to do, like you just said, is go the distance. Nobody has ever gone the distance with Creed. If I go the distance and the bell rings, then I can say for the first time in my life, that I'm just not another bum from the neighborhood. There you have it. That's the second part of the film, Chris. It might be the greatest. You know, a lot of sports movies really die down in the middle of the of the film. This might be the the best middle segment or the meat of a film, sports film, in sports history.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, a lot of them will lag. This just continues to build. This this brings us up to that climax where where the fight occurs. I mean, it, everything is about going in one direction, going forward, and building up. Uh, you know, you build up more the relationship between uh, uh, Adrian and Rocky. You you get that great training montage as you mentioned. You've got the uh, the growth of the relationship between Paulie and Rocky. Um, I love, I, I do. I love the fight scene in the, uh, or not the fight scene, but the training scene in the in the meat house, um, which I I think is just really iconic. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, funny story. I I was watching actually a wrestling documentary of all things, and it was about um, wrestling back in Texas. You know when when they had the world class wrestling. Oh, the Von Ericks. The Von Ericks, yeah. So they actually based the when when they transitioned that show to try to make it a nationally competitive show, they based a lot of what they did off of what they saw in the movie Rocky. That's how they did their interviews, that's how they did their their, their personality profiles based on stuff like what that meat room scene. So absolutely, you know, this this film was just so far reaching. Like you said, it wasn't just a sports film about a boxer. It it just had such reach over sports, over film, uh, you know, and, and society. I mean, it, it great film. So yeah. This this movie, the second part, like you said, did not drag, moved up. Um moved moved the film forward and what comes next is And you and I may disagree on this a little bit because of the way it ends, but the most, I think, the the greatest fight scene in all of sports.
1: Here we go, the conclusion of Rocky. We reach the night of the fight. Rocky walks in the ring in his humble attire with his humble ring crew with a record of 44 wins and 20 losses. Then Apollo Creed comes to the ring and I think, one of the greatest entrances in all of sports ever. And I'm talking real sports too. the red, white and blue attire dressed like George Washington, telling people, I want you like Uncle Sam and telling Rocky, I want you Uh, just awesome. And then here's what was done. And, and, you know, you mentioned what they spent on this film. I can't help but wonder how much of that was spent on this scene because Joe Frazier climbs into the ring. Before the fight begins, yeah, to give it kind of that authentic feel like this is real, like Creed is the real champion. If Joe Frazier's here and he's not the champion, this is you know, obviously, Creed is the real champion. It gives it real authenticism. Love that. Uh, the fight begins with Creed coming out quick, dancing around, but then Rocky stings him with a left hook, knocking Creed down. And this is the first time that in his career, Creed has ever been didn't been knocked down. Um, it shocks Creed. He wakes up, starts to take control of the fight, but Rocky will not back down as the as the uh first round ends, Creed tags Rocky breaking his nose. (laughs) So he goes back to the corner and and Rocky tells Mickey, I think my nose is broken. And Mickey tells him it's an improvement.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. That's great.
1: I love that round two happens. Creed comes out like a ball of fire. Again, he's pummeling Rocky. Rocky keeps taking it all. And by the end of the round, they're throwing blows. And Rocky says, come on. Um, and the announcers admit, and this is again, and this is a part of the movie done so subtly, yet it adds so much to this film, Bill Baldwin, the a man who plays the fight announcer at ringside. Gosh, it felt so – if you go back and you listen to televised events of boxing events like Howard Car- Car- Cosell and them, this guy, he yeah. was on it, man. It was so realistic. Loved it. Anyways, the fight announcer admits that this is going to be a fight, that this is not a show. This is is going to be real as Rocky's able to stand toe-to-toe with the champ. That's when music starts to play as the fight progresses through the rounds while both fighters are just beating on one another. Creed knocks Rocky down hard while Mickey tells him to stay down. I think this is in the 14th round, but Rocky refuses to stay down. Remember, he said he wants to go the distance. Um... And then we also see that Adrian is, comes out of the locker room as she's watching there from the exit of the locker room, the end of the fight, and Rocky tags Creed breaking his ribs at the end of the fourteenth round. So Creed is probably up on points, but it's been a been a back and forth fight. You know they've each been knocked down, and they're each really hurting bad this is when we get rocky there in the corner before the last fight last round and both guys are telling the uh the um the official to not stop this fight under no circumstances do you stop this fight and rocky tells mick that he can't see out of his right eye and they cut him Uh, cut me mick you know again another famous line both fighters tell their managers to not stop the fight like i said And as the 15th and final round begin, these guys come out of the corners looking like they had just been through war. They can barely stand. Um, They are beat up. And and again, this is some great um, and probably won an Emmy, but I don't know for sure. But I'd have to look it up. I would say whoever did make up for this film deserved every penny that they got because these guys looked like they were absolutely beat up. Rocky's eyes are swollen shut, you know. Creed's eyes are almost swollen shut, they're bruised, their faces are almost deformed from them beating on one another. Great, you know, and I've never, I don't think we've ever mentioned it before, Chris, of a movie where we have to mention the makeup artists who who added to the film, you know? Um yeah, anyways.
0: That, that, I don't think we have. Yeah. yeah that's the first a time. New aspect.
1: Yeah, they're just beat to hell. And and at the end of the 15th round, the bell saves Creed. And Because Rocky is about to win this thing, knock him down, and Creed says there won't be no rematch, and you hear Rocky respond, I don't want one. (laughs) Rocky yells for Adrian as as he's trying to be interviewed, and the announcer informs everyone that there's a split decision. Rocky could care less. He's just yelling for Adrian, and Adrian somehow gets into the ring, right, thanks to uh, her brother, and – she embraces Rocky and she says, "I love you." And this is the first time in the film she said that to Rocky. And 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 then and then you find out that Creed won by points, but that's how the film ends. But that's when you realize that as a viewer, you didn't just watch a sports movie, but you really watched a love story. Yeah, it's it's incredible. The ending of Rocky, man, I you you love it. I'll just let you go for it, Chris.
0: I do. I think it is the greatest ending. Definitely do a sports movie ever. Maybe one of the greatest movie endings ever. You've got the guy gets the girl, but loses the ultimate goal gets, gets his recognition and respect, but you know, doesn't come out the champ. Um, I love the interaction between, uh, Rocky and Apollo, I think it's, you know, the whole, you, you're not getting a rematch thing. That, that's the ultimate sign, I think, of respect. Because he's just saying, I ain't doing this again. Uh, yeah, for me, this was just, I think, like I said, the, the greatest fight scene, one of the greatest endings to a movie of all time. Um, you know, you and one of the relationships there, and I was thinking about it as you were mentioning, uh, Paulie getting Adrian into the ring. Man, is that the most dysfunctional sibling relationship you have ever seen in your entire life? You know But at the same yeah, time, it's,
1: it's, for me personally, yeah. But again, I think it might speak to some people back
0: in that time period. Well, and I can see that it's like you can't say the the whole thing and, and I, I used to say you can't say that about my brother. Only I can say that about my brother. Right. That kind of mentality. Right. Uh, you know, he's he's equal times aggravated by her, but intent on protecting her. You know, right? Um, yeah, I think that that relationship in the movie is one that is very dynamic as well. Um, you no, know, I just I love this movie, Eric. I could sit, I could literally watch this movie once a week for the rest of my life and not get bored with it. I think
1: it is yeah, that good. It's so good. You're right now, and it
0: just that, stands up to the test of time.
1: Right. Now, I did something this week. I watched Rocky 2 right after I watched Rocky.
0: I, I, you, you, I believe, are a little bit more of a fan of the ending to Rocky 2.
1: Now, but can I explain to you why? The yes, I, think, I think Rocky 2 <laughs> is the greatest sequel ever made. I don't disagree. I, because I don't think Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 are two different movies. I actually think they are the same movie.
0: It's a continuation.
1: It, it is so much a continuation that it literally picks up exactly where Rocky 1 stops.
0: Yeah, it's a perfect flow.
1: It, it is. Really is. like you ha- like you If you watch them back-to-back back and you, you don't stop the change the DVD player or the Blu-ray player or whatever you're watching it on, you yeah. wouldn't know that it's not the same movie.
0: Yeah, not, not a lot of movies can, can flow like that. I mean, right. So, one, other, one of the only other ones I can think of that comes to mind is the original Halloween movie going into the, to the second yes, Halloween movie. That's, right. that's which right. The second Halloween movie was nowhere near as good. It, it's not even in the talk. I mean, Rocky 2, as you mentioned, that's in the talk with Godfather 2 and Empire Strikes Back is possibly the best sequels of all that,
1: time. That's what I was going to say was Empire Strikes Back. But those don't flow as well as Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 no, does. You're absolutely right. Empire Strikes Back is almost a standalone film, in my it opinion. Is. So, anyways. Um the reasons why I love Rocky 2 a little bit more I think they took what they did in Rocky 1 and they just refined it a little bit more they just dialed it up a little bit more so you got the training montage with the montage with the kids running with him
0: which love is possibly that. the most famous sports film scene ever it might ever. be
1: you have Rocky doing the what he couldn't do in the first one at the end you know, you yeah. have the whole aspect of Adrian and her her unwillingness for him to fight and her just because yeah. of her love for him. You have Rocky's health concerns starting the show for the first time, which is a theme throughout the rest of the Rocky movies. You yeah. have the birth of his child and his love. I, I, again, I just you have the scene where he's praying and Mickey comes into the um comes into the, the church where he's praying for his yes. wife. I mean, there's just so much more in Rocky II that is just, again, I think they just dialed it up slightly, added a little bit more flavor to it, and it's just beautiful. So I, I'm i a little bit more of a Rocky II fan, but I understand your love for Rocky, Chris. I respect that. And I'll also say this. I think it's the same movie. It's just a continuation. So that being said, let's add it to flick chart, shall we? And see if this Rocky film can, can maybe do better than it did the first time. we
0: Which ranked. is not going to be
1: easy. It's not going to be easy. First up, from 1993, The Program. I'll take Rocky.
0: Every day, Rocky.
1: From 2002, The Rookie, Chris. Rocky. I'm with, with you, Rocky, as well. Though I really like The Rookie. From 2006, we are Marshall. I'll take Rocky, but it's starting to get closer.
0: It is. I, I'm a big uh, VR Marshall fan, but Rocky all the way here.
1: All right. From 2011, Moneyball. Sylvester Stallone versus Brad Pitt. I'm with you. I think Rocky, but, man, it's, it's now getting into a good fight here. Here we go. From 1986, Hoosiers. Now, I think Hoosiers is the greatest – basketball film ever made
0: ever without doubt. I agree with you.
1: There's a butt coming, but the last time I watched Hoosiers, it did not hold up as well as I thought it was going to. Yeah. Rocky absolutely does. I'll take Rocky.
0: Yep. I'm with you there
1: from 1993. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. Rudy. One of them,
0: anyways. This this is where I think we disagree. Okay. I'll tell you, I, lo- I love Rudy. Don't get me wrong. I love Rudy. But I'm going Rocky here.
1: All right. We got to flip for it. Heads, it's Rocky. Tails, it's Rudy. Chris? Yes. Tails won. So we're going to take Rudy here. And Rocky's now number three. So it went from four to three.
0: I would not disagree that it is one of the three best sports movies of all time.
1: You I would really. disagree that Rudy is not though
0: i i th- I think Rudy is a top five
1: okay I can take that i can I take that so if it would have taken on if it would have beaten Rudy and had the opportunity to face remember the Titans, would you have taken Rocky?
0: I don't I I don't know. The impact of Remember the Titans just so Yeah it's so tough. I I've, I could sit here and probably make a valid argument for Rocky. Yeah. But at the same time I don't know. These were two just I mean obviously great movies. Um I think that the the social impact of remember the titans obviously much more significant um but like we mentioned i think rocky is really the most iconic sports movie of all time i think it it set the framework it started them all do we have that great training scene in in the the movie now whether it happened or not i can't speak to but that great training scene in the cemetery at gettysburg in the movie if we don't have the training montage from rocky
1: Mm mm-hmm if I think if you ask sports people, they will lean Remember the Titans. If you ask people who love film that aren't sports people, they're going to lean Rocky. Yeah. So here's our top ten, guys. Still at number one, Remember the Titans. It got a little bit – it almost got challenged today. Number two, Rudy. Number three, Rocky. Number four, Hoosiers. Number five, Field of Dreams. Number six, Caddyshack. Number seven, Eddie the Eagle, number eight, Moneyball, number nine, The Sandlot, and number ten, The Karate Kid. That is one heck of a top ten.
0: That's a huge lineup,
1: Eric. I love it. My goodness. All right, Chris. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. What are we going to be watching next?
0: Well, you know, you talked about it a little bit last week. We've talked about it on a few different shows. I think I'm ready to discuss American Underdog next week. Ooh, let's let's talk a little Kurt Warner. I'm I'm really wanting to to, you know, dive into this one. So American Underdog is our film for next week.
1: Have you seen it yet?
0: I I'm still sitting with an unopened DVD here on my Ooh. my uh TV stand. So I will probably sit down and dive into this one tomorrow. Is my plan.
1: All right. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin it for you. It's not Rudy. Okay. Or, or Rocky. Sorry. It's not Rocky. But what but is? What is right? But as far as newer films made since 2020, sports films, it's it's the best. It's the best yeah. one that's made since 2020.
0: All right, and that's it for today's show. Remember to please rank and review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Or wherever you access your podcasts. Also, make sure you are following us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash varsity videos. And until next time, see you at the field, on the court, and in the theaters. Have a great day, folks.
1: Good night, everybody.